Podcasting from a sex writing cave from somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smut Lancer, a weekly podcast where we discuss creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer podcast is hosted by me, Kayla Lords, and Molly Moore. We're two sex bloggers who have more ideas than time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a break. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with an entire community of other people who do what you do and want to get paid to do it too. Head to patreon.com slash the smut lancers to learn more. We're back. We're back with hopefully not the randomness that was last week. Thank you for allowing me that therapy session. If you have not listened to that episode, um, we're actually going to take my randomness this week and Molly Moore is going to actually help me make some sense out of it. We're going <laughs> to have clarity. Um, as you probably saw from the title, we are talking about both starting new projects and things as a creator and ending them, which is mm -hmm. very relevant to my life right now. How the hell are you, Molly Moore? I'm okay, yeah. Like, I'm okay. You know, life's still fucking weird and still can't go anywhere, but I'm okay. You have a really cute puppy, and if y'all are not following Molly on Twitter or Instagram to see the puppy, you are missing out. This puppy is so yeah. precious. He is very precious. Hudson has appeared in our lives, and yeah, he's a character, let's say that, but he's actually really adorable, <laughs> very sweet, and I know, if you're going to get a puppy in now seems like a good time, because you're kind of at home, and so getting to spend a lot of time with him. Um, so yeah, he really, he was for my daughter, so he was her birthday present, and he's meant to be her doggo, but everybody's sharing so that everybody gets a break otherwise it's really hard work with a puppy all the time yeah so i mean it's not a, he's it's not exactly the same level as a baby but it's close it's close it's close i have to say <laughs> he's the, he's better than the last doggo i had who was a nightmare for months about the whole sleeping through the, well certainly getting through the night without messing um Whereas actually we seem to have cracked that fairly quickly and he's definitely doing seven or eight hours at night without any problem, which is quite a perfectly decent amount of time, actually. You can't, for an 11-week-old puppy, you can't really complain about that. Um, oh, no, yeah, for sure. So it's not too bad. And of course, it's a good time of year, like the door, we, you know, it's nice weather, all those things. And yeah, the cat seems to be for a few days she was like what the actual literal fucking fuckland is that um but she seems to have mostly got over that and just decided that it's like it's okay and um she told him off very sternly for sniffing her bum though <laughs> you know consent matters in all facets mm -hmm. of life absolutely and I she was like you can follow me and you can, we can boop noses, we can boop noses and sniff, but you sniff my ass and I'm going to get really fucking pissed. <laughs> um, and she did. So yeah, she definitely told him no bum sniffing. I, I <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how well he's listened. Like he listened, but like, I don't know if he's going <laughs> to hold on to that. Oh, we know we a few, see. we know a few men like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
pretty sh- pretty sure the cat will uh will teach him a few lessons there. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So, okay, uh, but quickly before we launch into our subjects, we don't want to bore everyone to death, but we should just quickly mention that last time we recorded the podcast, Kayla was in her previous abode and has now uh which is why we had a kind of little hiatus anyway, has now moved to her new her lovely new house that she uh, managed to purchase by being a smut lancer. I know, it's weird, we, right? So we have to just mention that. You were just going to completely gloss over that. But you are now in your new house that ultimately was allowed to be purchased because of all the amazing hard work you've done as a self-employed smart lancer. And so, yay. How does that feel? <laughs> it is... So, I, we've spent... John Brownstone and I spent two, two and a half years working towards this goal. We knew this was what we sure. ultimately wanted to do. So part of it still doesn't seem real that I don't have to think about the process of buying a house or moving uh-huh. again. Um, the best part so far, um, the, we have a home office. That's probably the best part. So I guess, you know, this maybe ties in a little bit with today's topic of starting a project. So starting as a smut lancer, I was using a beat up old laptop that I was gifted by my former job because they were like, it literally has no value as an asset anymore. It's too old. So here, we'll let you keep it. I was using that. I was sitting at a crappy little kitchen table in a crappy little townhouse where I had thrown caution to the wind and moved in with the love of my life and moved my kids across the state, 400 and some odd miles. And I had one paying client in the first uh-huh. week. And we I started from there where I didn't have space and I didn't have, everything had to be digital. Everything had to be Google Drive because I had to be able to go from one device to the next. Um, nothing moved quickly. The internet wasn't good. And now that was 2014 when I started freelancing. Mm -hmm. And now we're 2020, the middle of the world burning down around our ears. And I have not just a home office, but it's actually a large enough space. It's going to be our recording studio. I've got end at the end of the room to maybe start actually doing some yoga again and some home workouts. I can close the door when I want to record this podcast or loving BDSM. I don't have to worry about what the kids can hear. Like we could close Mm -hmm. it all down. Like it's, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with this, but also, and I feel the pressure right now. Let me be very clear. Feel the pressure to keep earning, but there's so much freedom now. Just close the door. Mm -hmm. I have, have my little corner. Molly can see because they're on Skype right behind Mm -hmm. me. That's my desk. Now it's my messy desk, but that's my desk. And there's still more to do and there's still more organization to do, but it's like, this is our space. And uh, JB and I spend a lot of time talking about how we don't have to move again. Like we don't have to, we don't have to pack anything up. We can actually like make this a permanent thing and do what we want. And it's, it, it doesn't feel real. And yet also there's this massive sense of relief that it's like, finally, finally we're here now i'm like okay we've focused on this for so long what are we going to focus on next like what's the next thing that's going to consume us for a while because i don't i don't know how to go through life without projects consuming me (laughs) but you know i don't ever like to do the if i can do it you can do it kind of thing because i know circumstances are different for for everybody but the 
The potential to make a full-time income and live a life that you want to live writing about or creating content about sex is real. Like it's not easy. I couldn't have done this Mm -hmm. six years ago. This was not in my vision six years ago, not at all. But you know, it, it, it does feel kind of good. Every once in a while I'll look at JB and I'm like, you know, we did this. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. That's how we structure our relationship. I said, but sex fucking bought this house. Like if you want to be real, sex bought this house kink bought this house doing Uh all the things that some not nice people in my life said couldn't be done fucking bought this house and it's yeah it's cool so yeah (laughs) i love it i'm I'm a tiny bit envious of by but not like of the fact that you've got a lovely new house because i so want to move but um yeah, my time will come. Exactly. And you are focusing on those things. And I think that's part of it. I think it's very easy. And this actually does go work in today's topic. It's very easy to sort of float along and just kind of do what comes your way and what sounds good in a moment. And I've been there. You, I know you've been there. A lot of people are there. And once you start to focus on the thing you're doing or what you want the outcome to be, th- that's just a different that's just a different way to do it. And it doesn't go any faster. Like, it's not like just because I focused that, Ooh, I bought this house. It was, it was that what that meant was all of the decisions I started making were intentional. Like they had to fit in with the purpose. Like, where's this going to get me? I don't do as many things just for fun anymore because, which is a bad thing too. I need to work on that. But, um, because I need, it to fit with whatever the goal is I'm trying to achieve as well. So right. yeah, and you and I have had those conversations. Those are between us, and I yeah. I have no doubt you're going to get exactly where you want to go, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you. So let's talk about our topic then. So and we're going to obviously because starting and ending projects, it would be stupid to start with the ending. So we're going to start with the starting <laughs> and end with the ending. <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm in okay, an Alice in Wonderland I'm talking about thing. right now, then good for you, because I can see this is getting really complicated. So let's start with the starting. Starting new projects. Well, like you have just ended, obviously, buying the house. It was in a weird way, was a project. Just, but, I mean, in some ways, I think we're talking about starting and ending projects as content creators, but yet it's still all wrapped up in that. And as you've just said, like, what are you going to do with all that? <sighs> Not even time, but the uh, um, headspace that you've dedicated to this for so long. But so let's talk about starting projects. I know both of us over the years have launched into many a project. Some of them were brilliant, and some of them were really stupid ideas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, let us let us uh, pour a glass for the really shitty ideas we. <laughs> right. The, no, I, so the thing is, though, like I feel like shitty ideas, or not even shitty ideas. Like maybe they were good ideas. Often, the, A, the time wasn't right, mm-hmm. or the way that you, whoever you are, you, me, whoever, executed them. Yeah. And so, very rarely do I think, like, I mean, clearly there is the odd shitty idea, but mostly, I would say, it's not necessarily the idea or the concept that was shitty, it's something else that was shitty, the timing, the the whatever. So... Yeah, what what let's talk about new projects then. I mean 
So I'm curious because I have I'm inspired by lots of different things. I'm inspired like by lots of different people like like you started lots of projects. But I'm very curious because mm-hmm. I know how I do this. So I'm curious from you, Molly. What is your process like for starting a project? And I don't just mean the in, the implementation of the project, but the where does the ideas come from? How do they form? How do they how do you get from glimmer of an idea in the distance to I'm starting this thing now? Oh, wow, that's a great question. And I think that that has varied over the years on, you know, where those ideas have come from. And I mean, even if I go right back to the very beginning and look at my blog as a project that I started that was an idea, to be honest, it was the thing that I least agonized over of all the projects I've ever started. I was just like, I want to write more often. I want a place to put these stories that I've been writing. I'm sure I've told this story on here before, but if I hadn't, I was writing kind of erotic fiction, had mainly been publishing it on a website, not Literotica, but, excuse me, a website like Literotica that no longer exists, um, which was called the Lusty Library. I I wonder if anybody out there remembers it. Um, And... Just wanted somewhere else to put those stories where I kind of felt like they were still mine, like I was hanging on to some kind of ownership for it. And so that's where I kind of got the idea of starting this blog. And I literally just like poking around WordPress, boom, it was kind of Christmas time. And then I did the whole like starting in the new year. Woo, go me. I literally knew nothing, knew nothing about blogging, knew nothing about any of this at all. That was January 2010. Um, started on a WordPress site, gave it the name Molly's Daily Kiss, believing that I was going to write something every day. Because I was that, that's how naive I was. That's how little I knew about this. Oh yeah, Molly's Daily Kiss, that'll do. I'll do every, that'll make me do something every day. Ha 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 listener. Ha ha ha, I laugh at my silly past self. <laughs> um, however the name stayed because I liked it and also I decided it doesn't actually matter whether I write something every day whatever day you come there there is a daily kiss there is something there for you uh, especially after 10 years there's definitely fucking something there for you to look at um, so yeah that was a project that literally I just was like huh, let's try this thing knew nothing and in some ways maybe that's the better way to be sometimes to just not really know anything to not know that writing daily and it was this like it was never gonna happen like all those kind of little things and all the little mistakes I made um but I literally just learned on the job I started that blog wordpress.com off I went I knew nothing about fucking nothing um and it's led to a career. So, and I had, could never have, if I look back at 2010 naive me and I tried to tell her that that was the case, she also would have laughed ho 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 at you that you were a crazy person, like that was never going to happen. I'm just going to write some dirty stories. Um, and so maybe in some ways just not having knowledge allowed me to just launch my fucking self into it with no like I wasn't holding myself back in any way because there was nothing there was no expectation nobody knew me I knew nothing about it so in theory I guess all I could ever do was learn more 
you know, and I just went for it and learned as I went. And then obviously soon afterwards started a relationship with Michael. And of course he's a kind of web tech guy. So that definitely obviously contributed towards my learning of the tech side of things. But I think even without that, I would have got to those places, certainly not to the depth of knowledge that I do, but to a great deal. Um, So yeah, and then, so I think that was literally just, you know, one of the, oh, let's just do this fucking thing. And I just did it. I mean, I in some ways, I wish I could go back to being that fluid. Because I feel like I just was like, fuck it, let's just do it. Let's just do it. I did not, I didn't write plans. I didn't think about when was the right date to do it. I can see Kayla's making that face. I just, I did none of that. I didn't agonize, ag- agonize. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> I, um, I didn't agonize over it. I just went and did it. And um, I, yeah, I sometimes wish I could go back to having that clarity of just not overthinking of not like, where, how am I going to fit this in? What time am I going to do it? How am I going to have time for this? Is it worth doing? None of that. I didn't question any of it. I just went boom. just do it and I think that Sinful Sunday that followed along just about a year and a half later a bit less I have to double check I think it started in the April 2011 Sinful Sunday so fairly quickly like just within a year afterwards the idea for that actually came from um, another project that someone else had been doing called Half Naked Thursday which I had discovered from other bloggers around at the time and I had just started joining in with it um, when they decided not to do it anymore and I was really disappointed because I was like oh I really like this like it was you know sharing my pictures with other people and I just started to get into the self-portrait stuff um, and the kind of and that meme basically ended and I was like well that's really fucking disappointing um, and I was like you know what I'm going to start my own version and again I don't think I thought a great deal about it I was just like oh name well what day of the week oh alliteration that'll do um, you know and yet I've had people in the past you know since then kind of go oh well you know it's that you're attaching the word sinful maybe you're attaching shame potentially to these pictures rather than and there is some argument to that that yes and it's just like yes but also I wasn't overthinking it at the time. I just was like, yeah, Sinful Sunday, that that will do, that'll work. Um, and off I went. I knew nothing about running a meme. Knew nothing. Had never done anything before. They weren't, it wasn't around like like that at the time. There was kind of, uh, there was Wank Wednesday that was run by, um, um, I'm just trying to not use her real name. That's why I'm pausing because <laughs> now I'm thinking of her as her real name and that would be very bad. And I'm trying to remember what her name was back then. And her name was Ruby Cadell back then. So it was Wank Wednesday. And that was kind of it. But I'm sure somebody's going to correct me and say I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, so the, a meme in that sense, how that you know, there, there are obviously a lot of them now. You've got Masturbation Monday, blah, blah, blah. None of those existed. They weren't around. There wasn't anything like that. And so I literally just set it up. I had seen um, vanilla bloggers. Obviously, there's lots of those memes and around. Um, the initial problem I had was trying to find a linky tool that didn't that wasn't 
like sex mad not um uh, and that's where i encountered the man from oh which one was he uh i'd have to go back and look one of the linky tool ones that's still around i think it's still around now um who banned me from his linky tool and wrote me a big long email about how he was going to pray for me and that i seemed like a nice girl and that if he prayed for me maybe i would basically keep my clothes on and the world would be a better place i told him to not bother <laughs> um, it was a really condescending email he sent me oh about how uh, i seemed like such because we'd exchanged it because i wasn't like angry i was just like okay you know you're going to give me my money back whatever and he was like oh you seem so nice and polite it seems such a shame such a waste of you as a person i'm going to pray for you i'm like fuck off uh so yeah those ideas you know idea came from i think and that's the thing where do ideas come from i think they come from the experiences we have in the world around us like any of the things it's like oh that's an interesting idea often seeing ideas from other genres can we call them you know not not sex blogging but vanilla blogging whatever that might be so from other genres and then going well i wonder how we can make that work you know, is that something that we could do here kind of thing? Um, and sometimes they're just things that like spring into your head and you're like, let's just give it a go. And I think that the giving it a go thing is really important. And I think over time I've stifled, as I said, I've stifled myself more. I wish I was more like I was in 2010 where I just went, let's just do this thing. Um, and I didn't overthink it so much. And I've rambled on anyway. I'm going to do what I do in nearly every episode and go, same. Uh, there are some key differences. First of all, I was Masturbation Monday was inspired by Sinful Sunday. Um, and my blogging as KaylaLords.com was inspired by the fact that I had been blogging as a vanilla person. I blogged through my divorce uh -huh. and I saw firsthand how much it helped me. And when I realized post-divorce that like, oh wait, I'm this person with sexual feelings and maybe I should like actually do something about that the thing that really inspired me was that I was reading other blogs and I went, wait, you can do this? You can just put these thoughts on the internet? And, but <laughs> what? I was so innocent at 32. Um, but the, the, the place where I'm definitely the same is that I, I didn't overthink it. I did overthink it a little bit because that's in my nature. So I spent a great deal of time thinking about what my name would be, what I would call the site, blah, blah, blah. But once I got to that point, then I just sort of dove in because I, I didn't have expectations. I didn't think anybody was going to read it. I didn't think that anybody would relate. I just thought I'm writing this out because I have learned that writing things out helps me and I love the blog format. That's all I knew. Um, the one thing I have learned about myself that, has become very important in starting new projects now. And it was, I was getting the, the glimpse into how I am as a, as a decision maker and, and creating projects and starting new things was I have, there have to be certain key elements in place before I can start. And those key elements differ from project to project. So my very first blog, I needed an author name first. I didn't want to have like the typical, um, here's a random set of words strung together with five numbers after it and call that my, my blog name. I wanted a name. I wanted to feel like I was writing as a person, which obviously I was. And even if you don't use a name, you still are. But that was important to me. And so I spent 
a lot of time before I ever started the WordPress account or did anything going, what, what will be my name? What will be my name? Um, <laughs> but the moment that name hit, it was a bit like a lightning bolt. And I love it when ideas come to me like that. I still kind of like crave that sort of aha moment. If I'm not getting those kinds of aha moments in the projects I'm doing or trying to do or thinking about, then I'm less likely to be interested because it's it's really cool to have this moment where all the synapses fire and the neurons connect and you're like, boom, I've got this idea. Um, and that was where I was able to start. Uh, Masturbation Monday was very much the same thing. I was like, I did you like you did. I was like, alliteration, alliteration. What days haven't been taken yet? Ooh, look at this thing. And at the time, most of my blog was about my masturbatory experience. Mm -hmm. So it fit, yeah. right? And I think like you, it was a, I started KaylaLords.com in April, 2012. So it was probably two years then. So September-ish 2014 is when Masturbation Monday started. And I didn't have to go through what you did. I could literally look at what you were doing. And I, I think I remembered mm -hmm. that was like the first time I ever really contacted you, contacted you. It was like, um, can I borrow like how you set up your rules? Can I do that? And is this, this is the tool you use, right? How does that work? Mm -hmm. Like I was able to take what you had figured out for yourself and mm -hmm. then just ad adapt it. Since then I do structure ideas differently. I'm, I'm right there with you. I wish I could go back to just having an idea and trying it out and not having any expectation of what it might happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think though, the thing that I've learned, many things I've learned over starting different projects is that while the fun of that has gone in the same way that just, I'm so innocent and naive, I don't know where this is gonna go and it doesn't matter. While that's gone, what I am finding, especially now is that while you can never predict the outcome of any idea you have any project to start, I do feel a lot more confident about starting projects once certain things are in place before I start. I don't like the agonizing bit. I'm in a place like that right now with ending stuff, which is the second half of this episode, um, which is just as bad as the agonizing you do over starting stuff. Um, but I do like feeling like I know what my goal is meant to be when I start a project and how I think I might get there. The biggest lesson I've had though, is that thinking you know how you will get through this project, start this project, how this project will go, and the reality of how this project <laughs> will go are two totally separate things. So um, my current, and it's really weird, way I think I don't think this is how everybody goes through it but my current way of, of deciding to start a new project even if it's an extension of something I'm already doing example loving BDSM we have a weekly hour to hour and a half long podcast episode once the state of the world occurred and people were staying home more and people needed distraction we decided to add an element to the weekly podcast of a shorter episode each week to a little bit of extra content that felt doable to create, provided something of value to the audience, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. I've had that idea for three years to do that. And it's been an idea, it's been percolating and I haven't jumped on it. And the moment I jumped on it was I'm, I think I was driving down the road, I was doing something and the idea came back to me and in my head I could see 
how to map it out, exactly how to make it work step by step. Now, did that mean I would have to be, you know, that, that those steps would work perfectly every time? No, I still have to be flexible. I still have to sort of roll with the reality and adjust and adapt as we go. But I could see this is what it could look like. This is how you could set it up. I even was able to go, this is how you can make some money off of it so that it, you know, there's value to me just as much as there's value to the audience. Uh-huh. And the moment that was in place, I was ready to act on the idea. So the one benefit of having the experience now I have found mm-hmm. is that one, I don't jump into so many ideas that I get overwhelmed and then fault, fail and falter and bleh, with all of them. But I also know just enough now that if I can map out the idea in my head before we get started, I know it's a viable idea. I That was not my experience in the first three or four years of doing any of this. If you are brand new to these things and you're like, well, I don't have that happening. That's because you don't have enough experience yet. It's the uh-huh. experience that teaches me what's possible. So, but that has been the evolution of it from this thing I just want to do and I don't, it'll just be a thing and it'll just be me and nobody's going to read me to, oh, this is a thing that I now know that I not just creating on my behalf, I'm creating on behalf of an audience with an existing expectation of what I'm going to do. That's the Uh thing I, I think I'm finding most, I think it can be beneficial, but it also has some frustration and it, it applies to both starting things and ending things. And that is the, frustration of other people's expectations of me of Mm -hmm. what I do have do you have any sort of does that can you relate to that do you have any of that that you deal with when you're coming up with new things or modifying existing things or you know is there any thought of what other people are expecting from you what other people think of you what other people think that you're supposed to do does that any of that creep in for you sure i think that's the difference between the person that i was in 2010 where that didn't exist for me or like you in 2012 where there was no expectation from anybody in any way shape or form it was literally just me um to the what I am now and I think that's probably the biggest change really and that that's the thing that often has me thinking things probably through more not that that's necessarily a bad thing um but that sometimes maybe talking myself out of things and uh, and it's stifling me compared to the person I was in 2010 or even 2011 when I started Sinful Sunday and then other projects that came along as well, like the Pussy Pride as well that I started back then as well. Um, I think that having that, that lack of expectation and people not knowing me or having a professional life attached to that directly allowed me to just go let's try this thing let's just try this thing let's just try this thing let's just try this thing there was no well how is that going to work what are good people going to think blah 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 um and so yes i think that expectation is is definitely part of the things that i that have changed how i do that um i try not to let it be too much because otherwise like Otherwise, you'd just be second-guessing yourself, like, all the fucking time. Um, And um, I think it's also one of the reasons why I haven't talked 
really at all about my ideas to for things that I plan to or I'm planning and hopefully starting to work on developing outside of being Molly and yet they're oddly still connected because it's using a lot of skills and knowledge that I've acquired doing what I do um simply because otherwise I'll then be like oh my goodness there'll be the expectation of all this the kind of like this current audience um and actually those two may well come together at some point but right now not so much um and I think that's one of the reasons because I then don't have to be having people go looking and going well what is she doing why is she doing that da 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 da, da. there's a freedom I think in not having that and I understand in some ways why I think it's why I understand sorry in some ways authors who have been writing for 10 or 15 years and who suddenly write another book and put it out under a completely different name you know what who are known you know I mean what an example of that is obviously JK Rowling who obviously everybody knows of as the whole as Harry Potter but then wanted to write something else and so just picked another name a man's name actually um and i mean she was very quickly discovered as being that person but she started off and i can understand the drive i think to do that to be kind of semi-anonymous in that way to say you know what i'm going to do another project over here under a completely different name and nobody's going to know who i am or in that case, I'm you know I've written ten sex books or whatever, but I actually have always had this idea to write this whatever thriller, and I'm going to change my name and write it under another name. Um, I t- I think that those actions are very much related to that situation of of those expectations and being known for that thing and in a weird way it's what I did right back at the beginning with Molly because obviously I didn't use my real name I didn't tell anybody what I was doing apart from like some actual friends that I had online through the website that I had been writing on um you know, and was like, oh, I've started writing a blog. And so, like, those people kind of started reading it. Um, and then, I don't know, people just found me um, by the miracle of no- of knowing absolutely nothing about SEO at the time. Um, in some ways, that action then in 2010 is exactly the same thing of saying, you know what, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to write this other book or I'm going to start this other project in a completely new name. Because it allows an element, I think, of freedom from that expectation and maybe even from your own self slash expectation because you there's no... There feels less risk because if it doesn't work, you just... Nobody knows it was you kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, nobody knows that, you know, nobody's then going, oh, I see Kayla's project fail. Right. And, there, and you know, it's funny. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> are are there people out there who look at the things you and I do and probably do that? Ugh, oh, that didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haters are going to hate. I do not give a shit. Mm-hmm. But there is also this perception that more people are doing that than really are. I mean, I mm-hmm. in conversations we have with other smut lancers who are maybe like two or three years into their process as opposed to nearly a decade or longer, they have that feeling of everybody's watching me, so everybody's going to see me fail. Let me assure you nobody other than the most hatery hater is paying any fucking attention to anything we're doing, but it feels that way. And so I, and what I love about, like, there's a part of me that wishes I was, I was, I would almost say brave enough to go off and do that either under my legal name or under another name, because what I would love to do is take, have the freedom that nobody knows it's me and nobody gives a shit. So I'm just going to do whatever. And combine that with the experience, combine that with all the things I've yes. learned and the techniques yes. I know and the tricks that I've always wanted to try and couldn't figure out how to add them in. And like, that's kind of exciting. That sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah. But, and y'all, you're listening to us talk about this. This is, these are things we've come to after literal years. If you are one, two, mm-hmm. even three years into whatever your smutlancery life looks like, you actually have a lot more freedom than you think you do. Probably the only time you wouldn't is if you blew up out of nowhere and now you're getting hundreds of thousands of views to a website. I can, that is a lot of eyes on you. But if, if, yeah, if you are still kind of at that process where you feel like you're still in the beginning of what you're doing, I, yeah. I promise you, whatever you're thinking of starting, nobody is paying as much attention to it as you think they are. We're all wrapped yeah. up in our own shit. Like things happen all the time and they blow up on Twitter and I happen to just like stroll into Twitter. I'm like, what? What's going on? I missed it. I didn't know. But it was the most important thing to that one person and the two people who knew about it. And it feels like everybody knows. Everybody don't know. Everybody's not paying that much attention to you. It's okay. And I think mm-hmm. that... That is true for us as well. The difference at this stage is we now have started so many things and have our fingers in so many things that actually. They're often sticky. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, yes. Not no. Um, But also (laughs) that there are different expectations. I think the further up you go and the more things you start that that entwine you with other people and a a broader community i think that more people are paying attention and one there will be haters who are waiting for you to fail that will always be true that will always 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 be true but to even we have to we have to work through that if i constantly worried about what other people thought of me i'd start nothing i'd do nothing um and that is if you can push through that feeling now whether you're day one or year three you're going to do so much better at year 10 because... Yeah, right. I completely agree. I mean, I think that one of the things that holds me back the most is myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is the honest answer. And I think if you ask me to sum up my advice to anybody thinking of starting a new project, I can tell you my advice in in four letters. And my advice is JFDI which stands for just fucking do it. And that's what I've done with so many of the projects in the end was to just fucking do it because otherwise, like, so 
is there a lot, is there benefit to sitting down writing plans as Kayla has said looking at is it worth doing where do you want to get to does it contribute towards you getting there absolutely if that's your situation so Kayla if we use Kayla as an example Kayla had a plan that has been two and a half years on the boil and that was to get where she is now where they could buy a house and so everything that Kayla has done or most of what Kayla has done in the last two and a half years is use that as a lens through which to assess what she decided to start and not start in the sense of does it contribute towards their end game towards their goal was it going to contribute towards that or not now I I think I'm hope I'm speaking for you now, but I suspect that even if the answer had been no, there may have been the odd project that you still did, even though it wasn't directly contributing, just because you felt passionate about it. But mostly, that was your like guiding light on what you did. So if you're in that situation and you have a longer end game, you want in three years to do X or five years or whatever, then I would say you should apply that to the to the decisions that you are making. But if you are not in that situation or and that's not because you don't have a like you don't have to have that goal. Like I didn't have that goal. Nikayla didn't have that goal when she started. She was just like, let's just fucking try this thing. So and there's nothing wrong with that either. And so I would say if you don't have a very specific thing that you're trying to achieve, then I would literally refer you back to the JFDI and I think uh, because without it you can literally agonize over something for six months and never do it um as speaking from experience (laughs) speaking from experience so yeah I just I I need to be sometimes a lot more JFDI (laughs) and a lot less let's let's agonize over it I will be interested to see Kayla now you have achieved your two and a half year project like we were just talking about that briefly but how that will change things for you like not straight away but it'll be interesting I think over the next six to nine months to see uh like how your mind clears as that kind of major part of your thinking changes and like this is literally just a prediction for the future neither of us know like it's way too soon you've literally just unpacked your boxes so it will be interesting to see what changes and how that affects your thinking and what you do you know and i it's already starting to because i am starting to realize that you're right i a lot of the decisions i made about where do i put my time and energy who who do i work for who do i not work for what do i do blah 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 were absolutely impacted by knowing what what I needed to not just maintain income, I needed to grow income, I needed to be able to show on paper that I could afford a house, blah, blah, blah. And now I don't need that anymore. Like, I need to be able to pay the mortgage. And I want to continue to enjoy some of the security and and slight comfort that I've now got. But now and this is a conversation that JB and I are having, and this will get into the part where we start talking about ending things is what decisions do we make now now the one thing before we get into anything, even though they relate they absolutely relate because it's both about starting projects and ending projects one thing that i will i will caution anybody out there against because i think I, i can hear a few people that we know 
they're I think they're they're all the ones I'm thinking of. They're all part of our our Smut Lancers community through Patreon. I can hear them going, but I have so many ideas. Which mm-hmm. one do I pick? Which one do I start with? And I can't tell you which one to start with. My personal guiding light is the one I really can't stop thinking about. That I yeah. have an actionable plan on. If I can't yeah. pair the the obsession with a, a, a starting point, at least, I know what step 1A and 1B will be, then I'm not going to start that. But the thing that I have learned personally is I do have to be very realistic about the time and energy that I can give to it because mm-hmm. it's easy to have a shit ton of passions and things you want to start and projects you want to start and have all of the excitement and the enthusiasm, but it will come at some cost. There is give and take. Yeah. Are you able to, willing to give up time sitting on the couch watching Netflix? Are you, do you have as you know, our, our, our friends and colleagues who have chronic conditions and disabilities, do you have the spoons to do this? Can you really Mm -hmm. add this thing? And those are very serious conversations that you have to have with yourself. And it is a time to get really, really honest with yourself. It doesn't mean you can't start this thing necessarily. It might mean you have to end something else that you have to give up something else. That's the struggle I'm currently in right now. There are some things that I do want to end that I have not finalized. I have not done anything with that yet. And the sacrifice, I'm not sure I'm willing to make the sacrifice. Just like when I start something, if I, you were talking about this earlier, one of the the things is you go, oh my gosh, do I have time? Where am I going to fit this in? What day will I do it? That is very much a reality of busy people with lots of projects. If I can't find the place that it can fit in, to the life I'm trying to build for myself, which isn't just about money. It's about lifestyle. It's about other things that are important to me, to you, whatever. If it can't fit into that, then I can't make it happen unless I'm willing to stop something else to make room for it. Right. Or something moves or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those for me right now, that's where I'm having the most agonizing conversations. I want to do this thing, but in order to do this thing, I have to give something else up. And there are certain things that have become non-negotiables that eight years ago were not non-negotiables. My free time to sit on the couch and spend time with my husband away from a laptop or a computer screen and just be, that has is starting to become non-negotiable. Whereas there was a time where I was like, who watches TV? Who doesn't work until uh-huh. midnight? I think that there is, if you have the energy to do that, if you have the ability to do that, if you have the drive to do that, that willingness to work really hard and work those hours to do all the things that are on your mind, if you can do it, great. But not everybody can do it and not everybody wants to do it. Uh And that has got to be part of the conversation. It's the ideas don't, I have learned the hard way that if, if, all of my projects lead to a place where I am miserable and resentful and burnt out and don't want to do anything and my personal relationships are suffering, then I don't know that it's worth it, you know? Sure. And that I think kind of leads us into the side of the conversation Mm -hmm. about ending conversations or ending projects. Projects. Conversations. See, what are words? I don't know. It's Friday anymore, coffee. Ending Mm -hmm projects so we we know we could talk about me but let's let's throw this one back to to the wonderful molly moore 
are there projects that you that come to top of your mind that you've ended already, like mm-hmm. publicly everybody knows, so we're not like talking about stuff. How was that process? How how did you feel during, after, like So okay, I'm gonna start this off by saying I'm notoriously rubbish at this. Um, because I start things and then I get like attached to them in some way. And then I'm like, oh, I can't, because somehow in my head, like stopping it, maybe somehow in my head feels like it's failed, which isn't true at all. Um, So I've been fairly bad at it over the years, but I think I've improved. I think for me that often stopping is about like giving myself permission to just be like, you, you don't have to keep doing it and you can stop and everything will be okay. Um, projects that I've stopped or paused actually is what I'm going to go with because I don't know that there's been anything okay there have there are things that I've actually I've actually definitely stopped but let's talk about projects that's paused that are projects that I actually ran or did rather than talking about things that I joined in with that I've stopped so um the podcast is an example of that because I did that for a little while and then um it was taking over everything and so I just stopped. I literally just stopped, which was so unlike me because I really find it hard to give myself permission to stop doing anything. Um, and I don't even know really how I managed it. I literally just didn't do it one week and then once I'd done that, I was fine. And it paused for, I don't know, we have talked about this before, I'd have to go back and look, like four years, I want to say, until I suddenly became up with a new idea of how to run it. And I'm about to launch into season two, which should hopefully come out, start, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Um, and I don't think I thought a great deal about, I just was like, I can't, I can't even like it had become, it was just absorbing everything. There wasn't any enjoyment. And it was like, I, I just can't even do this anymore. And but that was it just stopped. Um, so there was that, the other project, um, not directly, um sex but still a big project that i have done for a very long time is my 365 project which was i post a picture every day of the year not adult pictures just literally the pictures that i take um but one of the best projects i ever started in my opinion not for any other reason than for me for my personal development um it's never made me an ounce of money directly and it's but it doesn't get much traffic. It's purely for me. But you know what? It transformed my photography. It completely transformed my photography. I've done I think seven or eight years of it now, and it it yeah. There's no other words for it. it transformed my photography because it made me take pictures all the time. And if you want one piece of advice about how to get better at photography, take pictures all the time. Um. So. In that sense, for me as a creative person and my creative skills, that project is massively fundamental to those to what I've done and has definitely led to other parts of my career developing, despite the fact that that actual project is really just a, you know, labour of love. Last year, I kind of started missing odd days. And this year I've missed, like, I don't think I've posted on it for the last couple of weeks. Um, And the other day I was thinking, oh, I must, I took some pictures while I was out on my walk. And I was like, I must go back to that. So that's a project that I hope to continue to still 
drip feed but I have been managed to get myself to a place where I don't have to post a picture every day anymore and realize that my like world won't stop if I don't um and for me that's a big thing because I'm a very habitual person and I'm a very um like what's today kind of person and so breaking habits is can be quite difficult for me and so therefore like you know 365 post a picture every day I used to sit down on a Sunday and get all the pitch and do a whole week's worth it used to take me a couple of hours on Sunday afternoon it was habit and so often for me stopping a project can be about breaking that habit or giving myself permission to break that habit because in order to make the project successful in the first place it had to become a habit. I had to become, because I do believe that often projects only work and are only successful if you keep at it. You have to, whatever, like, you know, whatever that is, but you have to do it every week. You know, Sinful Sunday, I have never missed a week, never, since 2011. It has run every Sunday, come rain, come shine, come holiday, come sickness come grief come fucking world pandemic everything it's never missed and a project like that a lot of its success i think is based on that that it's absolutely regular people can rely on it and when they can rely on it they will come back to it time and time again and so creating that project and creating those projects and making them a habit make them successful but then they get me into a place where breaking habits is a is a challenge for me i'm not very good at it and so those are often kind of like it's almost it's a personal battle almost to get to that place to say i give myself permission or this is the right thing to do now at the end of last year towards the end of last year i think with my life changing personally quite a great deal it allowed me to sit down and look through a lot of the stuff that I did and I wrote a big long list of all the projects that I did and went through each one and was like what does it contribute to me professionally as in does it contribute any income or does it contribute something else professionally um because it then it despite the fact that that like my main blog actually mostly doesn't earn i don't earn direct income from that main blog and yet what i do there allows me to earn income in other places so clearly that's a project that i will continue to do because professionally it's a benefit to me and also personally it's hugely beneficial to me like it's my place and it's part of what i do and it's my huge creative outlet so I sat down and looked at everything, personally and professionally, what they did for me, whether I should keep doing them. As a result of that, one of those projects was Elust that I had run for quite a number of years with Michael. And we I looked at that and talked to him and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It takes a significant amount of my time every month, reading every single post um, and stuff like that. And so, like, we had a conversation about how that was going to go going forward. And 
how that project had come about in the first place and da 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 da. And so now that's his project and I have given that up and he's taken that on and is running with it and that's absolutely fine with me. And I'm like still there helping him out and I do a couple of bits, but I don't do the main thing. Um, and then there were some other things that I did. Um, another example is judging for the Smut Marathon that I had done two years in a row and again I looked at that and was like it had been an interesting um thing to do personally but it was contributing nothing beyond that really to my goals and the things that I wanted to achieve but it also took a lot of time every month like a reading those stories and writing all that feedback it took such a long time and i was like some things have to go from this list and so that was another example of a thing where i was like that that's a thing that can go so i think sometimes sitting down and looking through everything that you do because it is really easy to just keep adding a thing and adding a thing and adding a thing and adding a thing and then suddenly you're running some you know 10 projects of varying sizes or even those weren't necessarily even projects that i was running but i am doing something as part of that's taking up you know what was taking up so much of my time that was really the question and going through that and shaving some of those things off, it can be a really hard thing to do. Um, but I'm glad I did what I did. And I think I still need to do more. And I think I need to get better at it. Um, because I think, like as you said, the whole work-life balance is really important. And for me as well, like I think my mind has shifted a bit as well into that kind of space that you were in two and a half years ago of like, what's your end goal kind of thing. And as that's kind of coming more into my horizon, that's making me um, look through all the things that I do with a slightly different lens. But then there are still projects that I just could never get, give up just because they're like my babies and I love them so much. But let's talk about you. <laughs> oh damn i was hoping we could skip that part so mm -hmm. uh, i we i needed this on a t-shirt i agree with molly um the <laughs> i'm gonna get that i'm gonna get that printed one day <laughs> one of these days you and i will get our shit together and we'll actually have a merch store of all the shit we say and we'll just put it on stickers and uh -huh. notebooks and t-shirts um so um I do agree completely that the projects you start and you develop a habit around, those have the best chance of success. Completely agree. Um, Masturbation Monday, the week we are recording, the week this episode actually goes live, hits week 300, um, and it's a milestone it is also the last week for right now i'm like you i don't really like to say that if it's a project i start that i've ended it i like to say i've put it on pause because i want the freedom to come back to it mm -hmm. um i've put it on pause because while i absolutely think even the things you love will often be a job they will be a chore they will be tedious it's work you don't always love every moment of a thing you do uh -huh. i do think that the things that we do by choice which is technically everything but that also do not add income or add very specific things to our lives the moment they become a chore 
it's time to reassess something about it. The first time I reassessed is when I started bringing in other people to do the roundup because it became very apparent very quickly to me with Masturbation Monday that I could not do the roundup every week. That Uh was too much. And um, for me, Masturbation Monday has always been a labor of love in the sense that it was meant to be a community project. It was a thing where I figured out that if I used the hashtag masturbation Monday and I wrote and I said something called something masturbation Monday and I wrote and published on a Monday, that was my day to get the most views, the most clicks to my site, those posts, whatever it was always had more eyeballs on it. And I wanted to build something that was like a sinful Sunday and some Uh of the other memes that gave a little bit of that back to the community. Uh And so that if people participated in it, they could see a rise in their views. They could see a change on their site. And in the early days, especially, I got a lot of feedback from people who are still friends of mine. They were like, oh my God, my best day of the week is always Masturbation Monday. My top referrer is always Masturbation Monday. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. And then there came a point, I was like, I wanna add another element to this. Let's start doing the roundup. And the roundup was meant to highlight some really good posts. Mm -hmm. It was, let's be very, very technical here. I was handing out backlinks like they were fucking candy, y'all, okay? I was doing that on purpose. If you were a writer who was putting out some good shit and it got picked by me or John Brownstone or whoever, Here's a backlink. Yeah. It helps. Okay. If you don't know what a backlink is, go to the smutlancer.com, put that in the search term, go to Google, put it in. Backlinks are fucking gold to some people. Okay. So I was like, let's raise up some voices. Let's promote some people. Let's give those backlinks out. Let's make this more than a one and done. But when I started feeling resentment and I was tired, we had to change. And sometimes it's not about ending a project. It's about changing it. Yeah, and that's where it changed. It. Right. It, ha- it should evolve over time because yeah. the but world is different. But sometimes those evolutions need a, a more than just like what what occurs. Sometimes they need to, they're quite sharp where you're like, oh, I need to do this like big thing. That was, yes. you know, that's an example of that where you're like, uh, the evolution is required to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And... Exactly. And I, and we did, we made the change and it added an element of work because I had to go find people and I, I will take volunteers, but I prefer to go do a one-on-one ask Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes people that you're like, who the fuck are you are volunteering and maybe they're, I don't know, it gets weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was the evolution that allowed it to keep going. It gave me a break. It... It kept the f- community function happening. The good stuff was still happening. The, th- the whole point of it, to be a community project, to give a little love, to boost some numbers, to blah, 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 that was still there. And then there came a point, and really it's been in the last six months to a year, where that evolution was not enough. And I had some ideas for how did I want to evolve this? How did I want, because that's the thing I have found for me on starting or ending different projects or maintaining a project long-term. Yeah. If it doesn't evolve, it's going to stagnate and eventually it's not going to grow anymore. Yeah. And also it's not going to be something you ultimately do. If I'm only doing it out of habit and not because there's a deeper feeling behind it, it's I'm not going to be able to keep it up during the hard times when I don't feel like doing it. It's sure. just, it's not enough. 
So I, I had plans when I was planning 2020 of how I wanted things to evolve, how I could make it better, uh, how I could grow the numbers. The numbers had stagnated a little bit. Like there were real things going on. And there came a point where I was, I was reading three weeks worth of master. I, as the meme organizer, always read every post. Even mm -hmm. when I'm not picking in the roundup, yeah. I always read every post. That is important to me. I think that's the responsibility. You've invited people to come share mm -hmm. their posts. Somebody, you need a guarantee click, at least mm -hmm. one to every link. That's my thing. What was happening is whether I was busy or not, whether I was tired or not, whether it was a mental health thing or not, I was letting it go two to three weeks before I would read anything. And so then I was reading like three weeks at a time, which is overwhelming. That could yeah. be 70 or 80 posts at one time. And I had lost the joy of it. Sure. The, the purpose still exists. It yeah. still meant to be a place for people to share, for readers to find you, for your audience to grow, for you to have a reason to blog at least once a week. Like it, all of that still exists, but the joy I had in it for being something that does not earn me money. It is not part of my, my uh -huh. income stream. Yeah. And I had plans at times to make it that and could never push it forward because the passion for it wasn't there. Uh -huh. The passion for loving BDSM, the passion for Smutlancer, so deep entrenched in me that I will do things that don't directly earn me money for it because it does. Uh, there's other benefits. I didn't have that for masturbation Monday anymore. And I want to have that again. I want to feel excited about it again, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself. I'm doing a disservice to the community. Masturbation Monday, the site is not going to be taken down, um, but I'm putting it on pause. Will that pause be a month? Will it be six months? Will it be a year? Will it be, a, I, I, I don't know. If, there, if I wake up one morning and I'm like, I got to put more smut in the world. I got to be a hub of smut for some people. And I'm excited about it. That's different. Or if I wake up one morning and I can see a different way of doing it that still serves me as much as it serves the community, then I'll do it. That has been a really hard thing for me in terms of stopping anything that I do. Mm -hmm. So there's, you always have a reason why you start something, whether it's because you thought it would be fun or it fits in with a goal that you have or somebody you admire asked you and you went, yeah, I think this is opportunity. Like there's all kinds of reasons why you start stuff. Sure. The place where I struggle is why I stop things. Yeah. And my biggest struggle is in this really outdated but very common feeling that it's selfish to just stop doing something because I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I will try to convince myself that there has to be a better reason, that I need to be able to articulate a reason that anybody hearing it would understand. And that makes total sense. Um, and I've got to get over that because the thing, and this is what my, my turning point was recently. Uh, we were in the Slack channel that we have for the Smutlancers community. And somebody asked the question of, I want to shift gears, but I feel bad because I spent all this time planning this one direction of my career. And now I want to change it. And what do mm -hmm. I do? And what does that say about me? And my immediate response to that person is the reason we, are smut lancers or call ourselves smut lancers or are trying to live this life is so that we can do what we want to do that also makes us money and helps us live. But it's about our choices and, and the direction right. we want to be on. If I wanted to go do what somebody else wanted to do, 
I would just go back to working for a boss and at a company and work the schedule they gave me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to control certain aspects of my own life. And so what I said was, you don't, you know, if you're not doing what you want to be doing in this field, what's the purpose? Mm -hmm. And the moment I typed it out and hit enter, I went, yeah, Kayla, what is the fucking purpose? Right. (laughs) Doing what you want to do. And that's the conversations I'm having right now with JB. Because so there were some things I took on that projects, jobs, clients. Um, I am in a position where I don't take a job I don't want. I don't work for a client I don't want to anymore. Like I, I, I have I have that fortune, that privilege. I'm at mm-hmm. that level. I can make those decisions. It's a great feeling. And yet I still. Because we had this end goal in mind, because I knew on paper, I had to be able to show to a bank that they could loan us money, which is way different than what do you need to actually pay for something. I took on work that today, now that that goal has been accomplished, I don't want to do anymore, right? Like, I don't, I just don't want to do it. I can't give, I could give you 25 really good reasons because I know how to justify shit because I have convinced myself Uh that to stop doing a thing, I have to be able to justify it. Sure. But the answer is, I don't want to do it anymore. Uh And so there are serious conversations. Once you're at a point where you're ending something that is a part of your income or is meant to get you towards an income goal or some sort of professional goal, and especially when you have a family that you're trying to, or a partner that you, yeah. you, you, you have to do this together. You, I mean, you can just go, fuck it, I'm done. But that's not how I roll and that's not how I look at it. So there are lots of really serious conversations going on with John Brownstone right now. Um, there are also conversations that I have to have with myself, like the state of the world being what it is. Does it make sense to say no to certain things or to end certain things? But at the same time, I want to end things so that I can start other things. Uh And here's where it gets really sticky. And I'll bet Molly, I bet you understand this just, just as well as I do. Ending the thing that feels like a sure thing because it's been working, it's been earning you the money, it's been what you needed it to be. Mm -hmm. In order to start a thing... That doesn't necessarily do any of those things right now. Exactly. And to to go on faith that this thing you desperately want to start can get you to that point is terrifying. It is so scary. (laughs) It is so scary. Yeah. How have you handled stuff like that? Uh, really badly. Um, okay, good. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> I think um, uh, without going into some very personal private stuff, I have quite a lot of trauma surrounding personal trauma uh, surrounding um, financial security, um, which feeds into me not doing great with that because giving up something that is an income stream almost is almost virtually impossible for me because of those problems because of that past experience and trauma and feeling um 
vulnerable and out of control and i'm just to be clear i'm not talking about anything i'm talking about 15 years ago um and finding myself in a position where i had nothing and no career and um that kind of stuff and so um that makes that very hard for me and um I I can't I cannot I can't I I can't say that I've ever done it brilliantly. From, there always has to be some kind of overlap to just stop something and start something else that perhaps isn't bringing in the money that the other thing was is not something I've really done simply. And I know it's because of that. And maybe I feel actually I'm getting into a better place as I've as the last as years have gone on, and obviously I have developed my skills and my income and that revenue stream feels uh i have more confidence in it it's allowed me to get a bit better at that but i do know those old things haunt me and i'm not good at that and i hope that as time goes on and i continue to cement what i'm doing i will continue to improve at that but I would be lying if I said any different. And so mostly ignore my like advice. I'm not going to even offer you advice, I don't think, on it. Because I just, I know that I have a lot of issues around that subject from many, many, many years ago. And from the situation that I found myself in then, that has a lot of ingrained fear. Um, and a fear response uh, that has made me very controlling around that subject um, but also meant that I don't feel in that situation where I can do those things I'm hoping as things go on and maybe with partnerships um, in the future that that will help towards those things too and to help reduce the fear I have around that Um so, yeah, I'm I, I'm not gonna give you I'm not gonna give you advice because I I would be. I mean, my only advice is if you if like me you, you have issues around that or whatever they are. For me, the most important thing was working that out and identifying that because once you do know it's there, then maybe you can look. You can then pick it apart a bit more and go, I'm going to try and set it aside to try and make a rational decision rather than a carry on doing, every, trying to keep 50 balls in the air because of fear-based decision-making. I'm going to put them all down for a little while and work out which are the best ones to pick up. And I think that that's a really important conversation to have with yourself and perhaps what's making, and also identifying what's making you trying to keep the 50 balls in the air is important thing to do so that's my advice around that on the actual doing it work in progress uh i put my t-shirt on that says i agree with molly i have my own different but similar issues with financial security 
Um, and I can, at least from one person's perspective, tell you that when you get to financial security, it actually is not any easier because mm -hmm. now you have mm -hmm. the thing you're afraid of losing. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think that is kind of, you know, as like, I have got better, then suddenly I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrified now. Yeah, because I remember what it was like and I don't want to go back to that. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, I, t I, yes, the, um... The other thing that I have found to be true, I, I think you might be better at this than I am because you just always come across as better at this than I am. One of my other things that makes it difficult to stop, whether it's with clients or community things or just stuff, is, and why I feel like I have to be able to justify my reasoning um, to the nth degree, is I have this fear of disappointing people. There's disappointing your audience, which is one thing. There's disappointing the people like with Masturbation Monday, there's disappointing the people who will be, who've been joining in, um, in the sense of a client, there's the, now let's, let me be very clear here. Nobody is indispensable. A client can always find somebody else who will do the job that you were doing. That is yeah. always, always, always true. That is true whether you are working in a corporate world or whether you're working for yourself, that's always true. However, I have lots of anxiety. I am a perfectionist and I got my own kind of trauma from childhood where I am terrified of somebody being mad at me and not liking me anymore. Mm -hmm. I have worked for many years to get through that and I'm doing a lot better than I used to. There are several people in this world. I'm like a big old fuck you if you don't like me, it's fine. But in this situation, this is a moment where it's rearing its ugly head as well. Because not only am I thinking about future conversations I might have with clients about why, that I'm not gonna work with them anymore, I'm thinking about one, how I'm gonna justify it to them, even though I don't have to. And two, what if they don't like me anymore? What if they tell me I'm a disappointment? What, like, these are things, and these things haven't even happened yet. I'm not having any conversations with clients. I've not dropped any clients at this point. It's just a question that I'm, it's a conversation I'm having in my head and with JB. Do you have any of that as well when you think about ending something or withdrawing from something? Does any of that, like, just love me, please just love me. Does any of that play into it Yeah, for you? I think definitely, absolutely. I think especially when you've, if you've built a relationship with clients that has been positive, and that's not always the case, listener, dear listener, uh, there are definitely clients where you're like, oh my God, like douchey McDouchebag, I can't wait to get rid of you. And those are much easier because they have like, they, they have given you all the reasons. Um, like nothing, whatever they paid you, you're like, oh my God, not again. Um, it's, uh, it's ones where you have perhaps enjoyed the job in the past or whatever that I think it's much harder to do. Um, and I think that those relationships that you've developed can make that hard. I also think those relationships you've developed perhaps get you to a place where you can have like an honest conversation with somebody to pet compared to when you can't because, and that that's also the difference between clients that you've built a relationship with where you can work with them really well and other clients where it's always been complicated. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. You know, nobody wants to end anything with people walking away feeling shit about it like you like no why would anybody want that you really you want everyone to go yay we had a good time together go forth and do your thing and i hope you're successful in what you do and i am in mine um 
And so, yeah, I totally get that. And I think that you can, um, hopefully, if people are reasonable, you can have those conversations and people are happy. I think one of the things I would say to, is potentially is to be in a situation where you say, so are you look if you would like to find somebody else who would replace me, I have contacts here are some people i would recommend so i think that's one of the ways of going about that where you even in the parting you are you are offering value because you are saying i am no longer going to do these things whether you justify that or not is then up to you um i've enjoyed working with you i've enjoyed what we've achieved i think we've achieved this and this was really good um would you be looking for somebody to replace what I do or blah, 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 blah. And so I think you and then leave them in a position where you're not just going, laters. Um, and also I think as well, being responsible for a lot of situations with clients, we don't necessarily have any, um, you know, notice period. You're, maybe, you're just literally a freelancer. You're working month to month. Equally, that means they can just dump you. That's definitely happened to me where they just say, oh, by the way, yeah, next month we only need you. We only need one thing from you next month. Whereas we had been commissioning three or four and you're like, oh, great. That's a quarter of what I've been earning. Um, so I think having those conversations in a respectful way, going back the other way and saying, I'd like to finish but I don't want to leave you in the lurch. I know that what I do is valuable to you. And so can we have a conversation about like a, a period of notice that so in order for you to find someone to replace me, that maybe, I mean, it depends what you're doing. If you're just writing articles for somebody, then but if you are doing more than that, say you're doing running someone's social media or I don't know, anything like that, where there maybe they want you to have a handover period um, where you show somebody what you've done. I mean, say you're running someone's blog for them. So it's a case of like, if they want you to do that, I think having those conversations with somebody saying, well, I'm prepared to do another two months or I'm prepared to do another three months while you find somebody else. And if you, by the way, if you're looking for somebody else, I could make some recommendations. I think doing that, hopefully, means that everybody feels like you didn't just go bye and and like you know uh, by the way i'm not here next week that seems like a shitty way to do it unless they're complete douchebag shit bums then and and expecting ridiculous things from you in which case like it's perfectly fine to go this is an almost abusive working relationship and bye but hopefully that hasn't been the case because we're talking about clients that you've maybe worked with for a long time so i think thinking about that conversation and potentially how you're going to frame it and what you're going to offer them and how you're going to hopefully not leave them going, well, thanks for fucking nothing. You literally just dumped me in it with a week's notice. That to me would seem like a bad move. Um, and also, I guess think you always want to think about, A, would you ever maybe want to go back? Um, and so if you, if they're like, fucking fuck her, she just walked out, they're never going to do it again. And B, would they possibly recommend you to other people in the future? Um, and so I think having those end conversations, trying to make them as positive as possible is, it is a good idea. 
uh, here's my, what, 10th time? Yeah. I agree with Molly. Um, (laughs) So here's the thing. That is exactly how I handle things. I've so far, knock on wood, only had one real douchey client. And I still did everything right. And he showed his ass. And so then I felt no compunction to, like, I even offered help and blah, blah, blah. And he showed his ass and... Yeah, that was easy, an easy one to go, well, you go off and have a life without me. It'll be great. Um, I do think in terms of, uh, is this a bridge I want to burn? Because for the exact reasons you outline, they may, we may want to work again together in the future. That might be somebody I reach out to in a year and go, hey, I've got some time if you've got some work, right? Or if I'm, you know, if, if I'm doing things that they, and I've told them, like I've, I've felt comfortable telling them, this is what I'm going to be doing instead. They might, yeah, they might recommend me to somebody that they know who does that. So, sure. or needs that. So I, I think it's very much a thing of a case of, uh, well, if you're going to burn a bridge, do it with intention and know mm-hmm. what you're doing. And otherwise try to at least keep it cordial and polite and professional and yes yeah. continue to add value to that relationship up to the end i am um, i have learned over the years that i cannot let myself get to the point where so i need to end a thing whether that's a client relationship or a project or whatever i have to find the balance of ending it before i crash and burn and go fuck it i don't care i've 20 year old Kayla did shit like that like relationships jobs like I've had my moments where I got so fed up and didn't listen to that inner voice and didn't pay attention to what I need and didn't value what I needed over the whatever I thought I was getting that I let myself get so far gone that I didn't care anymore fuck it all I try not to do that anymore. So there's a balance between recognizing you're on that path of I'm about to not give two fucks about this. I'm about Mm -hmm. to let it just burn down around me and halting right ahead of that to say, let's end this the right way on my terms so that I don't close doors that in a few years I might need to open again. Um, And that's how I approach I'm approaching these things as well. Now I've got one thing where we gonna have to make some changes because I'm almost to that point. I can feel myself getting to that point. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Fuck you. And the horse you rode in on. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like I'm just, I'm almost there. So I'm, I'm keeping my professional self intact. Um, and looking at my bank account and remembering the numbers I like to see there. And I'm handling it better. So that would be the thing I would tell you for ending, whatever it might be, do your best to end just ahead of that. Because even if it's a project you started, that's not a moneymaker. It's a meme. It's Masturbation Monday. How shitty would it have looked if I didn't say yeah. anything, right? Like all I've got, I've got to DM like four or five people who were going to do future roundups. I've got to put out a thing for people who are going to be like, wait, am I going to have a dead link to a site that doesn't work? No, by the way. The, the subdomain masturbationmonday.kaylers.com will stay live and it will be up. You know, like I, ha- I need to do that right because I hopefully retain some goodwill. So if I do come back, you know, mm-hmm. people are like, hey, this is a thing. Or if I did end it, people didn't feel like they, you know, they were blindsided. I know that when you end something, people still always feel blindsided because you make a decision when you make it, you put out that notice 
when you're comfortable or you say something when you're comfortable and many people never see it coming. And that can be a hard thing to deal with, especially if you are either in reality or in your own mind, combating what other people's expectations of what they think is supposed to happen. People will be disappointed and you are going to have to navigate that in whatever way. Um, but I think the, the best thing we can do for ourselves when we end a project or end a thing is to do it so that even if we never come back to it, we didn't, we didn't burn all our bridges and we still feel good about ourselves in the process. And whether that's a professional thing or a community thing or sure. whatever. Um, and I think it's, it's, so starting a thing, I'm like, okay, uh, try and have an idea in your head, but don't get too married for it. And ending is kind of the same way. Have an idea in your head of how you want this to go, what, what you want to leave behind from it. Um, but I think this very long conversation shows there's yes, no I think we easy have to way. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. I think it just shows that there's no easy way. There's no, there's I, none of, nobody, Molly, myself, nobody can give you a 10 point checklist to follow before you start a thing, before you end a thing. Um, and it's not always easy, even if no. it feels good. Like some of the things I'm, I'm contemplating feel very good. They, that doesn't make it easy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. Okay, I think that's enough for us this week. I do, yeah. <laughs> um, I am very comfortable with very long podcast episodes, but I also know that not everybody is, so it's fine. Um, we will be back next week. We've got some Q&A mailbag for the month of June. Um, if you want more of this kind of thing, if you want more direct help, if you want a community to grow and thrive in where you can get feedback from people who are going through what you're going through, feel free to join us through Patreon, patreon.com slash the Smutlancers. Link is in the show notes as always. Um, you get you get access to a lot of this and a lot more one-on-one, -on -one, um, depending on your level that you choose with Molly and myself for more direct help as well. So we will end it on that note and we will be back with you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smutlancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smutlancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at the Smutlancer in all three places. Or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smutlancers, join us at patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Bye.